Not that you could tell really in the age of the coronavirus with the lockdown in place and whatnot, but it's end of April and of course this means it's high time for this month's episode of Lux Ventures. My name is Aliash Pengel-Bittens and this is your podcasting guide to navigating life in the Grand Duchy. In this podcast, I trick unsuspecting experts into sharing their experience with Lützeburg, what to expect, how to adapt, when to give up and when to hold on. At the very least, in this podcast, we try to provide some emotional comfort, especially now when most of us need to hashtag Blythe to him. As the lockdown in Luxembourg continues and some restrictions are expected to be lifted only after the coming holidays, it's time to remind ourselves that there are far worse fates in life than being an expat in Luxembourg. Tama Moiser is a New Zealander who years ago landed on Europe's shores and made a conscious decision to move to Luxembourg. While to some that may seem strange, peculiar or downright silly, it made perfect sense to Tama. As it happens, it was, to turn a popular phrase, a call that aged well. Oh. Cool. Recording on your end? Yes, it's recording. It is. Perfect. <sighs> Tama Moiser, I'm always keen to insult my guests right up front so that I get it over with um, and come across as ignorant. You're not from down under, are you? I certainly am. <laughs> Really? Does that, I mean, New Zealand is sort of encompassed in, in, in Down Under? Yeah, we even more Down Under than Australia. <laughs> well, that's true. that's true. So, no, we always talk about ourselves as being Down Under. Oh, okay. So, I didn't manage to insult you. Yay, me. Uh, Not yet. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Um, obviously, every interview or every guest on uh, on Lux Ventures is faced with the same opening question. What on earth brings you to Luxembourg? Uh, well, Luxembourg's a neutral territory for me. Um, my husband's French and we had lived um, quite a long time in France and we lived five years in New Zealand. And so one of the attractions of Luxembourg was a place that is neutral for both of us. Um, but beyond that, I really came for career reasons. I came to be a translator at the European Parliament. Um, I mean, neutral in terms of it doesn't seem fair. I mean, New Zealand is way down there, right, down right, bottom right on the map, looking from a European perspective. And uh, Luxembourg is just next door. So, yeah, OK. Yeah, there's what, an imbalance there for sure. But at uh, least if you're complaining about the country you're in, it's not going to be your partner's country. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but you have a media background. So we're almost, I mean, share a, share the milieu, as the French would say, in, in a way. I mean, how did you get from, well, how did you end up in media? Because I think that in this day and age, people mostly end up in media as opposed to being their career of choice. Uh, and then uh, switch to translating, which again is not something people do, at least people that I know that want to do it, it's rather they have to do it. Ah, um, it's not so much that I ended up in one or the other, it's more I've kind of move around between different things. So I studied French at university in New Zealand and then I wanted to live in France 
and there met my husband and wanted to stay and needed a job and so that was how I became a translator because I got a job um, at the Council of Europe in Strasbourg as a translator. So I kind of fell into translation um, at that point but I knew I didn't want to do it forever. I kind of, I thought it was too... You're too much kind of on your own with a computer and a dictionary. In those days, it was a dictionary. Um, and so I wanted to do something else. So then we eventually moved to New Zealand and I trained as a journalist. But after a few years, there were various things that I... There were a lot of things I loved about it, some things I didn't like so much. Um, and when I wanted to have children, it didn't seem very compatible. There were various things. So I changed then back to doing freelance translation and journalism as well then moved to France, carried on doing mostly freelance translation, and then decided to come um, to Luxembourg after doing some exams. And then, but I always had in the back of my mind that I would like one day to, that I would really like to work in communication. So um, unfortunately, working for the EU, most of the communication jobs are in Brussels, but eventually one came up in Luxembourg. And so now I do communication for the translation part of the European Commission. Uh, which sort of sounds like the best of both worlds from your perspective. I mean, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it completely. It feels like it sort of brings together everything I've ever done. Um. Um, but speaking of Luxembourg, and, and you mentioned family, uh, one of the things that people often compare uh, Brussels or well Strasbourg as the quote unquote third capital, uh, and Luxembourg is is the family friendly factor. How would you rate Luxembourg on this scale? Oh, very highly. Um, when we came here, our children were aged two and six. And we were living in the south of France at the time. Um, and I had a friend, actually, whose husband was Luxembourgish. So I knew a little bit about Luxembourg. But I had assumed that if I got a job, it would be in Brussels. And then suddenly this job came in Luxembourg. And I remember we were like, Luxembourg, Luxembourg. And we kind of spent about two days researching Luxembourg. And then we thought, oh, that looks really nice for a family. Um, and it really it was and it is. Um, the fact that it's very safe, very green. Um, and then also my children are now teenagers. And, you know, the fact that it's very safe for them to go out. They, they have quite a lot of independence quite young because of the safety factor. Uh, yeah, Personally, that's the one thing that I worry about or, or, or uh, have a, a bit of angst, to use a nice French word. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the teenage years in Luxembourg. I mean, on one side, one side yes, it does, uh, it does seem safe, especially compared to, to uh, metropolitan areas such as Brussels or Paris or London. Uh, but then again, does it cocoon you a little bit in terms of, you know, not sort of just hunkering down and hoping that the worst of the whatever happens out there in the world sort of just passes Luxembourg on account of its small size? I think there is a bit of that. I think, and some people who've I've talked to who then their children have obviously moved on to become adults and, you know, then they might not have the right reflexes when you go to a large city of how how do you look after yourself? How do you cope with the fact that things are not safe? You kind of get a false sense of security. So... Um, I do think that's a factor. Um, it, or, and you think that the way things are here is normal, you know, and if mm. you think about the crisis we're in at the moment and the things that it's difficult, the things people are facing here, um, you know, depending on your situation, there's so many difficulties. But 
you might not have such an awareness of even how much more difficult it might be in other situations. Um, Speaking of uh, COVID-19 and everything, I mean, yours is a outward going job. I mean, you have to go out, you have to be out there and meet people. I mean, almost like a journalist, which obviously were, you were. Uh, how are you personally coping with the, everything right now? <laughs> um, please don't ask me about homeschooling. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that no. Is my, no, no, but no, really no, personally, uh, beyond the job part, the, the, the homeschooling is the, the nightmare part for me. Um, the job part, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I mean, you know, you I can still have a lot of contact with people even remotely. Um, but I do, yeah, I do. I really miss the personal contact, mm. of course. Yeah, no, just homeschooling. I mean, we're in it together. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I can't, I, I can't believe, believe I'm saying this, but I, re I miss school. You know. <laughs> 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 um, that said, go, going back on, on to Luxembourg, it's. Um, then again, you know, how did you manage the transition? Uh, I hear various stories from just, you know, sliding in, not noticing the difference to something more akin to my own, where it took me six months just to sort out things with the commune. And I am a new citizen, which I don't know if you were before you came here or not. So, uh, but uh, what was your experience with the state of Luxembourg on your first contact? Mm. Um, I was and am, I mean, I had a British passport, so and now I have the French as well, so I, the EU side was okay. Um, I think because we came from France, it made it much easier. It was, it's not so different um, in a lot of ways. And a lot of the things that are very different from New Zealand, for example, everything takes a lot longer, everything's more complicated, everything's more bureaucratic. But that's all the same in France. It's just a little bit more here. <laughs> so I was already very well used to it. Um, and of course, I had the, the language and everything. Um, I think for me, it was, this is the fourth place that I had come to um, not knowing anybody. It's the fourth time I had to start again from the beginning. So I was quite well practiced at that. And I think with my husband, I remember us saying we really, we were like, this has to be the last time because every time we would go somewhere, stay four or five years when you're really quite settled and then move. And so my husband said, they can take us away from here in a coffin, um, <laughs> unless it's really, really, really awful. <laughs> so we were very disposed to try and make it work and to try and find things, um, you know, find good things about it. But does it make you, that's why I'm wondering, because moving to Luxembourg was my first out of country for a long time experience. And it was a bit of a cultural and personal shock to me. But as a veteran relocator, as you are, does it make you more, do you become more resilient over time? I think yes and no, because at the same time, I had this very strong idea that I did not want to do it any more times. <laughs> so, so I had kind of reached the limits of that. But I think it does give you, it's a bit like learning a language, I suppose. You kind of know what you need, you know what's coming, you know what kind of process you will go through. Um, and for example, I think for me, with meeting people, you know, I'm a kind of person that wants to get out there straight away and join clubs and meet people and find, you know, different people. Some people do, some people don't, but that's what I do. Um, but then you find maybe after six months, you know, you've actually met quite a lot of people. And then I always have, here comes the angst, where I think, 
I've met all these people, but I don't really, none of them are really friends or close friends, you know. And so then you go through another period of kind of um, which ones do I want to get rid of? Uh, which ones could I make deeper? Do I have enough friends? Will I ever make real friends? And then maybe, and then it kind of gets better and it all goes, you know, good. And then after about two years, you think, well, I've got some friends, but are they really the close or are they, how many really close friends are, you know, there's kind of these different stages and then somehow you get over that and then it kind of for me after about three years it's it's sort of much more of a settled life um and then there's there's the fact that uh, specifically in luxembourg there is a very quick or fast-paced rotation of people coming in and going out being posted being posted somewhere else and does that sort of make it harder um i think for me that hasn't been so much of a problem partly because I work for the EU and the people who come to work for the EU tend to stay more permanently. And so that, that tends to be the circles that I have moved in. So it hasn't, it's not quite the same, I think, for people working for private companies where there's much more of a rotation. Hmm. Um, you've been kind enough to share your CV with me, so I know that you have some Luxembourgish. Um, but how about... How How is your interaction with locals? I mean, not in terms of language, but in terms of, uh, again, I, I get different kinds of, of responses, but uh, pre predominantly there is a sense of some sort of reservation of, of Luxembourgers towards expats and other people who come and work here. Yeah, I think it's really difficult. I think it goes both ways, you know, because I've talked to Luxembourgers who say, Uh, you know, they feel like all the expats want to stay in their own community and they don't make the effort to learn Luxembourgish and they that there's not much mixing. So I think, you know, I think there's a sort of a side where both the Luxembourgers and the expats maybe feel unsure about how to mix. Maybe there's, I think there is an element that doesn't want to on both sides. Um, But I, I, yeah, I think it's a bit unfair to say that it's just Luxembourgers who are reserved. I think it's it's partly the whole kind of way everything is set up, the mm. way everything works. It, in the end, there's so many expats that it becomes too separate. D oh, definitely. It's, uh, and in my experience, once you establish context, so to speak, uh, it's, it's, it, Luxembourgers are generally very, very forthcoming, very open and, and no-nonsense kind of people who, who really like to have fun. Mm. So, so I mean, what, what, once you pass that certain, as you describe it, the, the element of unease, it's, it's uh, a whole new world, it seems. Mm. Um, but you know, moving here, What would you say are, are and sort of we're getting to the latter, last stage of our interview here. Um, moving here, what would you say are the three things to you know keep an eye out or to be prepared for if someone's moving here, uh, moving to Luxembourg or thinking about doing that? Um, I think for me, the first thing, if you have children, um, is the schooling situation is very complex because mainly because of the language situation so the different options you have for schooling are very very different in terms of the languages your children will learn but also how they're going to feel about it at the beginning depending what languages they have so for me that has been probably the most complex thing um so that is one i would say um a second one i think is to think about whether 
you will be happy living in a small place because you know Luxembourg is small it has it's quiet um, it has for me a lot going on actually for a place of its size um, it's like a kind of a, a capital of a small country so like where I'm from the capital city it's only 400,000 people but there's a lot going on because it's a capital and I see Luxembourg like that because of its international element it has a lot happening but you know for people who are coming from huge cities and that's what they like it will seem very quiet so I would think very carefully about that and I guess the last thing I would think about is is just about attitude really your mindset how are you going to make sure that you how are you going to come with a positive mindset and there are people I've known a lot of people who come and they say, oh, Luxembourg's so boring, and they go away every single weekend, they go away every school holidays, and they never actually get to know it. And I think you have to have a mix. You know, yes, of course, you're going to want to travel, you're going to want to go and see your family, but also put some energy and time into getting to know and love the place that you're coming to. Wow, you're actually the first person I've talked to on this podcast who hasn't mentioned real estate and traffic. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I've probably been here too long because <laughs> my real estate, I mean, you know, I have a place to live and um, I'm sort of used to the traffic. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I mean, just speaking of traffic, the Luxembourg's been getting quite a lot of press before the COVID thing uh, about uh, free public transport, etc., etc. Uh, but you've been around. Is it really that bad here, traffic-wise? Um, it's got a lot worse. Uh, you know, it really has got, I, I thought it was quite bad when I came and it has got a lot worse. And you have, I have had to adapt my routes and things to try and uh, manage it. It is, I do think it is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 absolutely. I, I mean, I agree. But then again, I sometimes still think that Slovenians are spoiled being used to taking, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes from your place of residence to your place, place of work, preferably in the city center. So, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know, is there stuff you'd like to share? Anyway, you you already already been kind enough to, to, to tell us a few tips and tricks, but uh, uh, anything else, uh, any wisdom you'd like to um, share with the newcoming expats? Um, oh, what 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 to do? What what to go? What, you know, how to indulge in a little bit of self care, if you will, you know, not not to um, let yourself go. I mean, if, I for example, when I when we got here, I barely left the house for the first year. You know, I was so inundated with everything that was going on around me, it couldn't actually keep. I mean, take a good care of, sorry, take good care of myself uh, mentally, if you will. Yeah, I suppose that maybe the biggest thing is not to put too much pressure on yourself. And I, maybe I'm thinking of two areas really. For me, as a, a linguist, you know, learning languages is really important, and it's the first thing I would want to do when I come somewhere. But I think for people who don't have much of a language background, there can be a lot of feeling of pressure of you must learn the language and you and then that can feel very hard and especially at a time when you're trying to adjust to a new country. So I think I would I would say, you know, give yourself time. And I've seen friends who have gone through, you know, putting a lot of pressure on themselves and later on it has come and they have been in a better space to, to learn the language. Um, so firstly that. And then I think I know for myself also with 
making friends and you know you asked about interaction with Luxembourgers to be honest it took years before I made even one Luxembourgish friend I mean initially there were some neighbors and then now it's a bit different but uh, I always felt like it wasn't quite good enough if I if all my friends were expats but after some time I thought this is ridiculous you know if in, especially in a country like this which is half expats I thought no in the end if I feel integrated into an expat community that's okay too um, so I would say really just to take the pressure off, not have too high expectations of yourself, do what you can to find things to enjoy. Um. Oh, well, th that's, uh, that sounds very, very reasonable. Tama Moiser, thank you for taking uh, the time to talk to Lux Ventures. And uh, I hope to actually meet you in person sometime. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much again and uh, good luck. Thank you. So this is it. Thank you for tuning in or downloading as it were. And if you can, please leave a review and rate this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to like Lux Ventures Facebook page and feel free to ping me on Twitter at Pengovsky with any comments and suggestions you might have. Lux Ventures will be back next month.